Hello and welcome to BakaCast, episode 388. Uh, I am your host, Dustin, and with me today is Ben. Yo. And Larry. Uh, let's go Blues. And we will be continuing to talk about the spring, yeah, still spring, spring 2019 anime season. Yeah, uh, as always... Yeah, it doesn't feel like spring anymore. Uh, As always, you can find show notes at www.projecthari.net or at audioentropy.com. And uh, let's begin with One Punch Man, episodes 7 and 8, where we are finally getting to the good stuff. Yeah, they they finally finished up the, the, uh, the martial arts tournament. Yeah, yeah, they did it all in basically like a single episode, um, and I really like all the stuff that happens after the martial arts tournament ends, because like the the tournament itself obviously ends with well, Saitama doesn't win technically; he gets, uh, disqualified. He gets disqualified because his wig falls off. Yeah, and somebody played somebody the last time, so they're like, oh, you cheated. Nope, you can't. You, nope, you lose. Okay, fine. However, he win. He won in spirit. Um, and I do like what they do with the guy he was fighting against, whose name I can't remember because it's been like two weeks. Uh, Sweet Ryu. Sweet Ryu, yeah. Uh, I do like how the story ends up taking him, because after the tournament and Saitama like, seems to leave... Uh, after getting disqualified, uh, monsters start attacking the tournament arena, um, and they basically like make a uh, uh, they basically like put down a bunch of like the <clears throat> monster fruits or whatever that can turn a human into a monster, and say, "Hey, eat this if you don't want to die." <laughs> Yeah, yeah the, uh, they're monster cells. Yeah, they're monster cells. And so some of them do eat the monster cells uh, and go insane. <laughs> um, one person eats way too much and just explodes. It... And, uh... It, uh huh. Yeah, and then... Right, and then... You know, Suiryu, it's Suiryu, I mean, he, like, he, like, he, he can handle, like, some of the low-level monsters just fine, but up against the, uh, you know, up against the, uh, up against the super-powerful monsters, he's totally outclassed and just gets owned. And he's, yeah, like, on the, I, and he's on the verge of death. On the verge of death when finally Saitama shows up. Yeah, and what's important about that is that, like, during the martial arts tournament, do it, during his fight with Saitama, they had kind of, like, talked briefly with each other about their motivations for fighting. And he kind of feels like anybody who's become a hero is just wasting their talents. Um, whereas, like, Saitama kind of, like, brings him around, or at the very least plants the seed of doubt in Suiryu's mind about how he's approaching fighting and martial arts. Uh, and this part is actually important because, like, Suiryu goes out of his way to, like, kind of be a hero when just, like, 
earlier in the episode, he was kind of poo-pooing the idea of heroes in general. Um, and, like, he he does a pretty good job. It, like, lasts pretty long, you know, does his best, does a heck of a lot better than, like, the other guys there who either immediately capitulated or were just immediately taken out. Um, and so it's pretty important, like, at the end when he's beginning to despair and think, like, maybe, maybe I made the wrong decision, maybe it is all for naught, then Saitama comes along and just barely saves him. It's a really good moment. Um, and a really good sort of uh, continuation of kind of their their relationship, which I didn't think was going to be a thing I cared about. Yeah, I mean, like, right, because, like, for most of, like, for most of the tournament arc, Suiryu is, like, you know, is presented as this, like, kind of douchebag, but... Yeah, he's just a dick. (laughs) Yeah, but he has... Typical WWE wrestler. But towards the end... Hey, there are plenty of WWE wrestlers that are nice people, but also, you're right, like, typical WWE heel character, yes. There you go, I'll go with that. Right, but, yeah, but towards... But yeah, but uh, towards the end, you know, he's actually, you know, he, he's presented with more nuance, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good little character arc for him, uh, and I I appreciate it. And, uh, and don't, and I I also appreciate it. I also appreciate like, uh, yeah, the like uh, you, you get another perspective at like the difference between you know, these martial arts guys and real heroes when, uh, when, uh, like, Snack and Lightning Max also show up and actually save, actually save Suiru for a minute. Yeah. You know, and, and it shows, like, that, yeah, even though, even though they're, uh, even though, like, Snack and Lightning Max are less powerful than Suiryu, you know, they're... <clears throat> You know, they sort of they have the right mindset to be heroes, which where Shiryu does not quite yet. Yeah, and of course, uh, another thing that's going on, another thing that's going on is the uh, the S class heroes start stepping up against the monster against the monsters that are attacking the cities. Yeah, a poor octopus has succumbed to a green lady with a tornado for an attitude. Yeah, she shows up again, finally, and then just immediately, like, takes out the giant squid monster or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, and then and then chantizes all the heroes who are standing on the ground going, so, so what are you guys doing? There's, there's monsters to kill. Do I got to do everything myself? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, tornado. I mean, you almost don't even need Saitama to save the day when tornado is there, because <laughs> tornado can tear it up. Yeah, you probably need Saitama for some things, though, like the final villain at the end of the previous season. Probably needed Saitama for that dude. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I think Saitama gets the big red guy in the sub-basement with the purple-pinkish guy going, 
Well, we're fine, your lordship. We're, we're doing exactly what we want to do. I bet you that's the one Saitama ends up beating up real good. This Monsters uh, Association, yeah. <laughs> so we're and, left with the clip. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say we're left. Yeah, as you're saying, we're left with a cliffhanger, and I'm very excited to see what's going to happen next. But there was a skip week, so. <laughs> yeah, I also, another, uh, other things to note. I also, I also, I, I like, I thought uh, Atomic Samurai had a, had a cool moment. Oh, was that where he, uh, like, sliced up the guy who was, like, threatening them to eat the monster yeah, cells? Yeah, right, because, right, so, yeah, so you had, so you had guys, uh, you know, doing, trying to get the, uh, trying to get, like, the, the, uh, the swordsman, trying to get the swordsman to eat the monster cells, and, uh, Atomic Samurai was not having any of that, and he's like, I'm disappointed in you. Uh, all right i don't really have much else to say about one punch man these episodes have been pretty straightforward honestly yeah so let's talk about fairy gone anyway i figure uh I figure I'll give oh, right. uh, epi- ratings. Episode, yeah. I figure I'll give episode seven a four and episode eight a five. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. I gave them both fours. All right, moving on. Yeah, so um, so about fairy gone episodes seven through eight. The a kind of big thing happens at the end of episode eight. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we come to find out that there's a there's a son trying to get daddy's revenge. Well, yeah, the other uh and uh well, it's that, but it, but he sort of also sort of uh seems to be kind of like a a cog in a uh you know, a cog in a larger set of, like, wheels-within-wheels conspiracies. Yeah, so, like, se- episode 7 is, like, sort of introducing the idea that the artificial fairies are maybe not as secure as uh, they one would hope. <laughs> um... And also doing more faffing about with the black fairy tome. Uh, I don't don't really know where they're going with that plot line. It's, no. it's been a MacGuffin for quite a while, but nothing really has happened with it outside of people like fighting each other over it. Well, uh, Veer standing there, and the guy, the guy behind him, going, "Wait a minute! Somebody just tried to kill the." Uh... Prime Minister? Yeah, it looks that way. Yeah, I think it's time for us to go. Let's, we're just, we're, it, Veer wants Lord wants his name in a hurry. I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, Ray Dawn. She's, uh... Thank you. Um, yeah, and then, like, I, I don't know, I don't... 
I, I don't feel like episode seven was super memorable. It was mostly like a lead up to the actually important stuff that happens in episode eight. Because mm-hmm. episode eight is where like things we get into what the actual like next story arc and things start actually ramping up finally. <laughs> um, because like this is where uh, particularly at the end where we have the an assassination attempt um, that uh, uh, where Ted tries to turn um, the artificial fairies against the prime minister. Uh, he, he wants revenge for what is what the prime minister did to his father and a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it uh, very conveniently throws doubt upon the reliability of the fairy weapons um which this is like leading a bit into episode nine but uh i won't talk about the that full thing but uh, it does set up the idea that part like even even if the assassination attempt failed some like some good still came of it for the people who do want to destabilize the current status quo and start another war because it uh it it plants seeds of doubt that the artificial fairies are actually actually reliable troops and if they can't just reliably make a whole bunch of troops then they're the piece is a whole lot weaker than people assume uh yeah and it uh and it uh sort of embolt and it theoretically would embolden revolutionaries to take the plunge in starting another war because hey maybe they're not as but yeah it well uh yeah so it's uh, 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 uh yeah i uh yeah yeah, well, he's been Hello? having wireless issues. Oh, good well, thing. He should be he should be back shortly. Hello. Hopefully. Okay, it wasn't my yeah, internet. Welcome I, back. Discord just stopped recognizing my mic. I guess. What was the last thing you heard from me? <laughs> um. What did he say? Yeah, you were sort of get. You were talking about the. Oh yeah, I, the last thing I said was basically like it. it plant seeds of doubt in the fact that the um, peace can be upheld by these artificial soldiers and that the revolutionaries may have a better shot than they think they do. Um, so yeah, I I like the, the ideas and the plot threads that episode 8 introduces. Um, I just... I just wish this show moved a little bit faster. Like, I I think that's part of the reason why well, it's, it's too core. It's too core, and I yeah, I think for once now they got more episodes than they know what to do with, so they're going to make sure that we know every knick knack, pit and pat. And yeah, I think that's part of the much. reason why I re- I retain so little information about some of these episodes, uh, is because like in some of them. 
like there's a lot of dialogue happening but not much actual narrative progression occurs so like i watched i watched 20 minutes i'm like what just happened during those last 20 minutes i can't remember anything (laughs) well it's like sitting in the cafe trying to eat dinner and there's nine conversations going on there's noise but it's not yeah you're not yeah yeah i mean like yeah Episode seven, there really no, wasn't much to no, it. No, not really. I I had to like look up the Wikipedia summary to remember what went on there because I remember episode eight really well because stuff happened. <laughs> but episode yeah. seven, just like, well, yeah, I guess there was an episode there. Hell if I know what it did. The <laughs> uh, very uh, slow well. setup. That's what it, it was. It, it got a three out of me. I'm going to give it a two. Um, I'm going to give episode eight a four. I... Yeah, I, I, I'm a three and a four, so yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Larry. I'm going to give episode seven a three and episode yeah, eight. Fairy Gone is a weird show for me because I really do want to like it a lot. And at times I do like it a lot. But also, it's just got some very... Very messy sto- like storytelling habits that makes it makes it hard for me to like really sink my teeth into. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's it's just yeah the the pacing. I think uh, I think the problem is that the pacing and direction kind of uh, makes the show have less yeah, impact than it um, could. Uh, that is that does seem to be the most common complaint I see from other critics uh, who tried to give it a shot is that like they just don't care for the pacing and also the sort of random way the flashbacks seem to be doled out which I do like the fat I do like the flashbacks but I can definitely see that in the context of the entire show it does seem to be a bit arbitrary in terms of, like, when they occur. And it can be hard to keep track of, like, okay, when does this particular flashback occur in the grand scheme of things? So. Well, I mean, they, they whenever they have a flashback, they put a date on it. But who memorizes fantasy just dates? A, that's just, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's it's meaningless. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's only going to help if, if you have created a spreadsheet to help you keep track of the chronology of a, of a anime, which only only Wikipedia editors do. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about Carol and Tuesday, episodes 7 and 8. Yeah, in which, uh, in which they sign up for... Uh... In which they sign up for Mars Idol. Yeah, Mars. They got sure do. Talent. Yep. Um, I'm very conflicted about this particular <laughs> arc. because uh, on the one hand, like, yeah, um, this is like an actual thing that happens, and like people have become pop stars from it, and in rare scenarios have actually had some staying power. Um, but also, like, it, it, it's just moving the show in a in a particular direction that 
I never particularly cared for. Like from the first in the first couple episodes, it seemed like oh, it was going to be a little more of a down to earth show. Like not as not as serious and melodramatic as Kids on the Slope. Um, but at the very least, like still, you know, mostly grounded in reality with the comedy largely stemming from like character interaction. Um, whereas the longer Carol and Tuesday has gone on, like the more it's leaned into more goofy humor, like the sort of stuff that would appear in, um, like a, a space dandy though in most cases not as yeah. like not quite toward that extreme but like same tone and i don't know i just i just don't really care for it in a show like this i wish it was more about just carol and tuesday interacting and like sort of exploring their and like being in their environment and actually struggling as musicians instead of like this weird kind of goofy sitcom thing that's ended up as i don't know if that makes any sense at all well it, yeah it does i mean they that beginning that seven minutes that they did the thing that rocked mars i'm sure this is we're seeing how they got there but there's some of the people that they could have um bypassed uh, I mean <laughs> Angela uh, at the end of I think at the end of the last uh, episode 8 she says you know I, I hate you rookies that, that sound good and this that and the other thing and of course the new manager that Angela got it's like yeah well we know what kind of diva Angela is and uh, some of the people in the talent show were uh, annoying as hell which, if you watch some of these as a talent shows on television, some of those people are as annoying as hell. Uh, OG Bulldog yeah. comes well, to also, mind. Also, yeah, I don't know. Uh, some of the jokes just also felt mean-spirited as well. It's like, ha, ah, look, at, look at this person who isn't conventionally attractive and is a loser. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that happens to be yeah but i in a way especially especially and especially in that industry that industry is dog yeah but i mean it's not critiquing that part of the industry it's just playing into that same desire to like punch down at people and i don't really care for it um well i'm hoping that once carol and tuesday get a little bit more fame that they actually uh Go back to being Carol and Tuesday and tell them, okay, fine, you guys want to have your big fancy this and that. We're going to do our thing, and if you don't like it... Yeah. One, one thing that also bothered me is that, uh, particularly doing during episode 8, where uh, Piotr has his song and dance number, like, we knew that this show was using different singers, like different voice actresses, vo different voice actors for the singing portions. But at least with Carol and Tuesday, yep. the voices, like, largely, you know, match up. Yeah, it's, match. it's not like a... There's not a big discrepancy between the voice actresses and the singers. With Piotr, it's like, okay, this is a different person. 
Like, it's, they sound nothing alike. Yeah. It's it's real wild. Um, I know. I, I, I don't... I don't understand why they would do that either. Like... Because, I mean, there are Japanese people who know how to sing in English. Well, I... I said that the other, the off the air, the last time we were talking, I thought Maya Sakamoto was doing her, Crystal was using Maya's voice, but no, there's a, they found a voice to, you know, do Maya Sakamoto. And Maya Sakamoto, yeah, Maya Sakamoto, sorry, Maya, speaks well in English, sings well in English. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they wanted, I, I, I'm not sure what they're after here because uh, the, the characters are, I don't know. Um, yeah. It, well, maybe, okay. it, maybe it'll explain itself. I like I like the goofy humor, but it yeah it it's sort of it, I mean it's fun it made for like a funny episode, but okay the thing is is that I actually used to watch American yeah. Idol a lot. <laughs> you and you and most of America. And, <laughs> Yeah, not, I mean, I, yeah, I was, I followed it from season seven through twelve. Um, I mean, I gave up, I gave up midway through season twelve. Uh, I, I gave up midway through season twelve, but followed it until then. But it's okay. Like they really, that's not how. That's not how yeah, those shows. Yeah, it's kind work. of a cur- caricature. Of American Idol, like I, I never really watched a whole lot of it, but I know enough to know that, like, particularly when it kind of came to the judge remarks, like, e- even those were a very like a simplification and just a not a very good representation of how those worked either. Oh no, no, the, no! The judge <laughs> remarks were Somewhere. fine because the the no the because the thing is is that. Okay, judges on American Idol are basically, well, they're uh, well, worse some, than you. Some were, um, yes. Well, you know, parts of that was like a mixture of American Idol and the Gong Show. Um, right. Well, I think the big thing is is that what you have is okay. Some of the people, some of the people, you wonder how they got through the preliminaries. Like, yep. Like, it's okay. the gong show part. The Fire Brothers, for instance. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The Fire Brothers. Uh, the Fire Brothers and OG yeah, Bulldog, which is weird because like they do a whole big, um, like one of the one of the gags that takes the longest and is honestly one of the most tedious and cliche is the whole thing of people doing weird stuff in the pre- preliminaries and like you're supposed to laugh at them. For being losers uh and it's like okay you already had the preliminaries so surely the judges shouldn't be surprised by the person performing in front of them and being like oh that's a weird gimmick like you mm-hmm. already know what the gimmick is because they just made it past preliminaries otherwise if they weren't good enough why are they here <laughs> well right well okay yeah, what what I think what they do is they compress the they compress the structure of an American Idol type show in a yeah. big way, uh, where because because you like certain things you have 
you know, certain things you have that, you know, the way, like, because a contestant on an American Idol type show has to run an amazing gauntlet to get to the, to get to the, uh, yeah, to get like to the it's, it's a whole big bracket. And like, I think, is it, is it every, uh, I think it's every match, like the audience votes, right? Or is it just uh, like the certain final ones? I can't remember well, anymore. Well, the, okay, well, okay, no, okay, they, they, they're sort of, uh, they're sort of conflating, like, the structure of American Idol with that of The Voice, okay. in some respects, because, uh, in the, in, because in The Voice, in The Voice, like, the early rounds, in the early rounds, the judges uh, vote, okay. the judges vote, and then, in the final, in the finals, the audience votes, whereas in American Idol, it's, uh, but there's actually there's a bunch of uh, like the the like pre preliminary there's the pre there's like the pre preliminaries which aren't even televised where basically producer where the producers the producers vote and the judges don't even see these don't even see these people that's where that's where you have that's where two hundred thousand people get weeded oh, down yeah. to like a few dozen and then there's the you know and then there's the uh, there's the audition episodes. Where, yeah, there's the audition episodes where, where that's where you show like the losers basically, along with you know the eventual finalists and people get profiled, you know, and it shows that like the producers actually like yeah this is where you know the producers actually do research you know and inform the judges about what's going on, you know, so like you know, yeah, you know, so the judges aren't just like. Being, they don't get they don't get blindsided by this thing, by these things, and then, you know, and the, and the, yeah, and then there's like this whole like, like it, you know, and then, so the then there's like then there's like the Hollywood episodes, which is like you know another round of weeding out of like people who got through the preliminaries, and then and then you have like then you have you know then you have semifinals. And then you have like the top twelve, who uh, who yeah, that, but like, but like, okay, once you get to the once you get to the semifinals where you have like twenty four, where you have like twenty four <laughs> people on the show, you know, that's when like you know, yeah, that's when the uh, that's when the audience that's when the audience starts voting. Prior to that, it's the it's the producers, it's the producers and the judges uh, uh, voting. Uh, but but like the but yeah, but they like they compress all that so they sort of have you know where you know at the point where you have the top eight, you know all like the weirdos should have been weeded out. <laughs> so like. Yeah, so guys like the Fire Brothers and OG Bulldog, no, they should never have gotten to, into the top eight. Because once you get to the top eight, you you're actually starting to want to look at like people who had the potential yeah. to be real pop stars. Or, like I said, that almost sounds more like those guys were the Gong Show contestants that made it to yeah. right. Right, right. So, like, yeah, so guys like OG Bulldog, you know, guys like OG Bulldog and the Fire Brothers, 
uh, yeah, and uh, next episode you'll see uh, what happens with <laughs> the mermaid sisters. Uh, it's it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess these episodes. But there's that. The, those are kind of yeah. Those are kind of those are the people who like you'd show them in the audition episodes and like and then the audience would have a good laugh at these guys because. Because that's where, like, okay, like, the shaming and the cruelty of American Idol and its ilk really comes into play. It's in the audition yeah, episodes. I've never really cared for, to be honest. Yeah, I mostly, I mostly skip those episodes and just only start watching until the semifinals. Yeah, so, I mean, these episodes uh, were fine, but I don't know, I just don't really like the direction that this show is going in. I gave them fours, and we'll see what the next two episodes look like that we'll talk about yeah, next I'll, time. I'll give them uh, threes. Yeah, I gave them. I'm I'm giving them fours because like they were entertaining episodes on their own, but they're they they kind of they're kind of ridiculous yeah. if you think about yeah. them too hard. Uh, yeah, they're sluggy. <laughs> like I said, the the only thing that you know the rivalry between Angela and Tuesday and Carol that should be interesting and I do feel sorry for Angela's new manager because uh <clears throat> yeah it's like oh this is the way my this is the way I roll don't disagree with me you'll keep your job yeah okay all right uh so let's talk about fruits basket episodes 7 through 8 Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, episode seven, we get uh, Hattori's uh, Hattori's backstory. You know, and we sort of see like where the dysfunction of the Soma family. Yeah, I like. I I remember liking Hattori a lot. Um, and this episode pretty much plays out how I remember it going in the original um anime adaptation. Um, where we meet uh we meet the uh, I guess well he's he's the dragon zodiac, but that's interpreted as a seahorse, right? Yeah, because um, right. uh, they didn't have the guts to make him an actual make him make him an actual dragon. <laughs> yeah, well they they didn't want Godzilla thundering oh, if around only. on the um, But yeah, I I do like how this gives us an idea of. Um, not only why the the Somas are so closed off, but also why Kyo and uh, Yuki and oh god, what's his name, the dog and Shigure, Shigure. why they are not living in the Soma compound anymore, because uh, the head yeah, of the family a sucks a lot. Stuffy. <laughs> well, well. Yeah, Akito, you know, it's jumping to like the end of the last episode. You know, it's like when he walks in and goes, "Yeah, I'm glad to see you sow what you reap." So, uh, you know, well, okay, that's uh, having read the manga. I'm looking forward to the point when uh, when uh, Akito actually gets pro- gets properly yeah. developed. Uh. 
because yeah, uh, because like one of the things is that you know, you know, even though like what Akito is doing now is well destructive, but it doesn't come from nowhere. I can't remember if he and if he got like an episode focused on himself in um, the original series. Um, uh, I think, uh, well, okay, the, the stuff, the, like, the stuff where they explain what Akito's deal, uh, that was stuff that never got, never, never got in the original anime, uh, never got in the original anime because the, uh, the parts of the manga where they actually did, di- did do that, uh, where they actually, where they actually, you know, did get into Akito's development, the, the, those parts of the manga hadn't been written yet. Oh, okay, I see. So they never got got to it. I gotcha. So the thing that I posted in your personal chat, uh, Ben, uh, you you know about? Uh, yes. Like <laughs> okay. I said, I, I read okay, the manga. Uh, it's Well, hey, congratulations, yes. I, I kind of thumbed through pieces of that, too. Right. Okay, and we'll tell Dusty later. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, curious well. to see how they justify being an, him being an asshole to basically everyone. Well, seeing's like Ben said, when the first fruits basket was done, the manga wasn't done. It'll be interesting to see what this anime does now that the manga's done. Right. Yeah, because it, and, it's... and seeing. Seeing who uh, is Akito's voice, um, it could go either way. It could remain one way or going the other because the uh, voice person has quite a range. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so as far as that is it, yeah, <clears throat> is that Akito is. Akito is, uh, yeah. Gets more nuance later on. Look forward to it. Alright. Master of their Zodiac. Yeah, I, I liked I like getting Hattori's uh, backstory, and I think he has a unique and like um, a really unique, unique relationship and personality with uh, compared to the rest of the family. Um, so I, I'm glad he's there. <laughs> he's He's one of the few people in the Soma family that actually has some chill. Um, and then we get to episode eight, oh. which is the uh, New Year's Eve yeah, episode. What to, do, what to do when the balance of the family runs off to Hawaii and leaves the uh, the, the daughter to fend for herself, and then everybody realizes, wait a minute. She's all by herself. You can't spend New Year's all by yourself. Yeah, uh, I'll, this is this is again like another episode where um, Toru's friends are act as the voice of reason in the episode. Mm. Well, I, I like it when when. Uh, Hana comes up and looks at the guys and says, 
you know, she's home alone. And they're like, uh, yeah. bye. <laughs> hey, like, remember, her mom died recently. <laughs> Please remember. Yeah, like, this is her first... This is her first New Year's all by herself. Uh, yeah, this uh, yeah. even though not a whole lot not a whole lot happened in this, this episode, mostly because it was meant to be sort of a, a look back and recontextualization of the stuff that's happened so far, and was giving Kyo and Yuki a opportunity to reflect on their relationship with both. Um, Toru and the Soma family and kind of like allow them to choose what their priorities were um, given like all the all the stuff that's happened over the past seven episodes um, so it was it was important yeah. for like establishing sort of what the new status quo quo was in terms of like their personalities and uh, uh, and priorities I think the only thing I missed was would have been Kagura's uh, um, love hate. Yeah, I could I could do without Kagura for a while. I'm okay with her yeah. not showing up for a bit, <laughs> especially because we get a better version of her in the next episode. Basically, okay. Again, you guys are. Yeah, I'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, uh, the cow is a better yeah. version of what Kagura is. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it seems it's... that they all climbed up on the roof to see the New Year's, and the guys looked at her and said, you know, maybe I wanted to spend New Year's with her and, you know, being away from the rest of the family. <laughs> I don't feel the yeah, least especially since the rest of the family, all. most of them don't really like Soma and Yuki. Uh, don't really like Kyo and Yuki anyway. <laughs> like, there's a few that do, but well, yeah. Well, well, what I appreciate about what I appreciate about this episode is it makes clear that is that is that uh, is that Taro Taro's presence has sort of made you know Shigure's house into yeah. a real home. For, for uh, Kyo and Yuki, where in a way that in a way that the Soma compound was never, was never was never really their home. Uh, look, there is no the Soma household. There is no love, and there's the only emotion yeah, seems which, to be anger. I do like how the Soma residence is presented in episode seven when Toru goes there, because like when it does the pan out to show like how vast the grounds are, it just feels like so large that there's, there's too much space. The, the houses look too similar and it doesn't feel personal at all. It feels like a, uh, not necessarily a prison, but it almost feels like a. Um, it feels more corporate. Well, my only thinking was since it was Japan, you know, when the gates slammed open, if it was anywhere else, the gates would have slammed open, and that's the time the drawbridge would have lowered over the moat, and then she could have got in. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it. They they present the Soma compound as this like 
too large area where like everyone's spread out and no one really is really connected to each other uh like they just happen to live in the same area like it doesn't feel like an actual residence whereas yeah shigure's house does yeah it uh it has uh polite conversation it has a little bit of anger it has a little bit of it has all those things that a normal household would have where the compound has almost none of it except uh fits of rage and quiet people thinking why am i here well i have to be here uh, but i really need to be here so yeah, I, I and again, uh, Toru's schoolmates. Yeah, that that's uh, that's a bunch. Yeah, Hana and Wo are just—they're <laughs> just the best friends. Yep. Well, in the rating department, I give uh, seven a five and eight a four. I can agree with that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I tell you, the heartstring part of it is where uh, Hannah walked by, and she, and the, her girlfriends go, "So yeah, you're getting married." She says, "Yeah." Well, he's just not as cute as Hatori was, but you know, Hatori dissed me, but Hatori was my first love, and he's sitting there listening to every word of it. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and I mean, if he didn't left her she'd have gone insane and that could be part of the curse too which we're supposed to find out more about the curse next time which you guys probably already know but that's fine yeah so I'm I, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about Cowboy next week <laughs> um, yeah alright that'll be it for our reviews this week I don't think there are any new listener questions because uh, I just recently posted the other podcast because yeah. uh, oh lord did um, I have a lot of stuff to do the past couple weeks <laughs> um, well yeah and you had to make yeah, up for I being did. gone I really really did You come, I bet you came back to work and found your desk going Hey, Dusty's been gone for a week. Let's just leave it's, it's fine. You walk. There's this pile that's teetering at the ceiling. Do <laughs> Don't really have piles. Um, but yeah, uh, that'll be it for this episode of BakaCast. As always, you can find... God, I'm so tired. How does this outro work again? You can leave comments or questions at www.projectari.net or at audioentropy.com. Just hit that post button or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. It's or, different. Uh, you, or Stilts the GM or uh, Yeah, follow me on or, Twitter at Stilts the GM. I or, promise I only occasionally uh, hit the like button on uh porn that will occasionally cross your feed um uh, yeah i well yeah uh i'm death on twitter i'm death slinky and uh yeah i haven't been tweeting a lot lately i'm terribly sorry about that i've just been oh, your bird well, died 
the last thing the last thing I tweeted was uh, all I, I retweeted a uh, fan art of the sheep Pokemon. So, so uh, that's right. the last thing I did because I like sheep Pokemon. Um, God, I don't know what I'm doing with this outro. <laughs> ben, please save me. Three. Uh. Drum roll. God, three, two, one. Get a bush. Cure bush. Uh, let's see. Hopefully, by the next time we record, there will be a bright and shiny Stanley Cup sitting in the Blues locker room. Hopefully, and uh, it can quit raining. I am really tired of walking out in my yard and watching. The ocean come up between my toes, which is give us some miles of your rain. Away, but that's what it looks like. Take it. I'd send it back, but it won't go. <laughs> Good night, everybody.